You are now about to witness wrestling knowledge at its finest. Sideline Junkies proudly presents the People's Choice, Don Rodriguez, the big guy, KG. They are the WrestleManiacs. Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. It's Saturday night. And as promised and always on time, you got the Saturday Night WrestleManiacs. You got the people's choice, Don Rodriguez. Putting that work in. You got myself, the big guy, KG. Coming to you for a second time today. But uh, I got help right now because earlier it seemed like I was just, I wasn't feeling it but i got my tag team partner so you know we come in mess stuff up and leave so let's get it going man how you so feel i guess guess what he's saying is uh in a nutshell he's ready for the hot tag and he's halfway in the middle of the ring and he's been crawling the other guy just got his tag and now he's jumping up there you go so i was holding the tag rope so i guess i'll just go ahead and tag in with the the most important thing this week the 2019 late year redraft, <laughs> basically, or really what it is is the brand extension. Um, so let's report out on exactly who went to what show that's been confirmed thus far. There's still some people that are quote unquote free agents that will still be working in. And then there's going to be some moving and jostling going on. But here's the, the technical lay of the land as we speak on what they're still considering the flagship Monday Night Raw number one draft pick was Seth freaking Rollins then after that and no you know apparent order uh, Charlotte Andrade the Kabuki Warriors Rusev Alistair Black Cedric Alexander which is very interesting um Umberto Carrillo, who is somebody that they're looking to really push to be the next great Mexican superstar. Eric Rowan was another big surprise, along with a uh, 205 Live call up from uh, being Buddy Murphy, the Maharaja, Jinder Mahal, who uh, hopefully will be back uh, from injury soon. They broke up the greatest tag team in sports entertainment and put R-Truth on Raw. Samoa Joe got drafted. Akira Tozawa. And a surprising move, Shelton Benjamin got drafted to Raw, which uh, was very interesting to be announced as a draft pick instead of being a free agent assigned to. Mr. 619, Ray Mysterio, followed by Titus O'Neil, Yabu Liv Morgan, the overall uh, number one forever draft pick, Becky Lynch. The OC made it as a complete unit, being Gallows and Anderson along with the phenomenal one, AJ Styles. Drew McIntyre, Randy Orton, Ricochet, the almighty Bobby Lashley, Alexa Bliss, Kevin Owens migrated from SmackDown, Natalia, the Viking Raiders, Nikki Cross, 
from NXT to Street Profits. EC3 still has a home in the WWE Universe, along with the very underutilized Eric Young and the soon-to-be-returning Sin Cara. Now, out of all those people and all the great picks that I was hoping would go to Monday Night Raw, I only landed four, being Charlotte, R-Truth, I called, uh, Nikki Cross, and believe it or not, I actually uh, picked Cedric Alexander uh, to go to be on Monday Night Raw. But everything else, uh, I'm sorry, and Rusev. Rusev, I did have uh, Rusev. But everybody else, yeah, they're on the other side of the street. So it's basically like my my SmackDown roster is on Raw. My Raw Smack, my Raw roster is on SmackDown. So I was like, well, God dang, if that ain't messed up. But I'll take it. It's still, you know, after looking at Monday Night Raw and SmackDown Live, some unfamiliar faces were actually visible, even though they were doing the honors and, and putting people over. But still, unfamiliar faces were seen. Uh, do, do you, did you get a chance to uh, compare your list? Uh, looking over it, I mean, the biggest one for me was the Street Profits. I knew they were going. I think I had them on Raw, too, mm-hmm. if I'm not mistaken. So that was a big thing for me. Um, but my my list wasn't nowhere near. I don't even think I had four. I think <laughs> the Street Profits and possibly Seth Rollins, but I didn't think they would separate Seth and Becky. That was a shock. Well, no, they're, they're on the same. Becky's still and on. Up. Yeah, Becky's still on uh, Raw. Hold on, maybe uh, now I'm looking at the list now. No, you're I'm probably looking, looking at my maybe my picks. Thinking about my picks, I have put <laughs> Becky on SmackDown. I separated them, but uh, you know they see each other eventually. But I thought she would do better on the Blue Brand to be, you know, Becky and Brock. You know, that, that's a powerhouse uh, move right there, in my opinion. Yeah. But, I, I, you know, I agree with you with that. But speaking of Brock, he is on SmackDown along with uh, the trio of the New Day, to which Kofi is starting to become an afterthought. But we may touch on that later. I don't know if he's still the new Daniel Bryan or slowly migrating to the old Daniel Bryan. It's interesting. They haven't had him commit to actually doing the yes motion. He's been pandering to the audience to do the yes chance as they're chanting and asking for more, but he hasn't actually thrown up the fingers yet. So I don't know. He's just Daniel Bryan right now. Bailey, uh, Shinsuke Nakamura keeps the IC title over there. Ali, uh, they put on Dolph Ziggler and Robert Roode as a tag team. Um, Carmella goes over because of Corey Graves. And The Miz is on SmackDown where he belongs. Hopefully we get a, another major feud. Maybe a resurgence of him versus Daniel Bryan. We'll see. I guess they would have The Miz heel turn in order to make that happen. The 2019 King of the Ring winner, Baron Corbin. I still don't understand it. As Jericho would say bad creative or maybe they're trying to push something from the be a star campaign tie-in but shorty gable chad gable or now as he said shorty g who who knows but oh god (laughs) uh 
the soon-to-be returning Elias, the big dog Roman Reigns. So we may actually get a Brock versus Roman match where the crowd is chanting for Roman Reigns. Uh, Bray Wyatt or The Fiend. Sasha Banks, which I still don't understand why Sasha and Bailey are on the same show because ultimately it's going to come down to who's going for the title. That makes no sense to me. Braun Strowman, Lacey Evans, The Revival, Lucha House Party, Heavy Machinery, Apollo Crews, another 205 Live call-up, Drew Gulak, who got slaughtered this past week from Braun Strowman, Heath Slater, B-Team, and last but definitely not least, I'm saving her for last because in a couple days, on Monday night, by 10 p.m., I will be creating my character and possibly still using part or all of her theme song. I haven't decided yet. Uh, being Tamina for my entrance for WWE 2K20. So that rounds out all of SmackDown. With that, I still sucked because I only landed four people. Bailey, The Revival, Carmella, and Lacey Evans. And one of them, one of my other picks, I was a shocking reversal with Finn Balor. I had put him on SmackDown and he went to NXT. So it was like, okay, we kind of going backwards in that one. But that's the draft in a nutshell, or as I prefer to call it, the brand extension in a nutshell. So what did you have? How'd you look on the SmackDown side of things? Bailey. <laughs> I think that's all I had. Oh, like gosh. I'm, I'm, I'm uh, I had so much, you know, we had the NXT section who was going to get called up. Right. I think Velveteen Dream would have served a, 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 a Surprise pick to be called up to the blue brand. Uh, as far as the ladies go, I mean, Bianca Belair, Shayna Baszler. I mean, just make Friday nights as exciting with the women as it is on Monday. Because it's been a few times in the last few months where the women have carried the show. Not right. as much as in you know, over the summer and the spring and the early part of the year where the women were carrying both shows. And I, I'm seeing a die down that, and that's disheartening, to be honest, because, excuse me, they do a wonderful job. But I would have loved to see the ladies from NXT come on up and, and take part in that. Because contrary to popular belief, the women's evolution is not over. Not by a long shot. Mm -hmm. I agree but, with that. Yeah, but my picks suck. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they, they they took some some interesting liberties. Part of it could be um, as a reactionary thing with the change of the guard on SmackDown Live, going from Eric Bischoff, which came out of nowhere, to Bruce Prichard. So it's like okay. Uh, I don't feel like they gave Eric enough time to, to, to turn right around, but I guess for them, it's the reactionary 
of the Fox execs putting pressure? I don't know. It's hard to say, but it really, I mean, it was only maybe a month. So just, just that that's not enough time frame to really write a ship or, or, or turn creative around in a different way. So I think there's more to it. Haven't heard anything specifically about why that decision was made um, because they also did not give them full creative control right away. So how do you blame him? So I, I don't know. It, it, it's one of those those interesting situations. I, I when I first saw it, I thought it was a joke. I was like, "Who? Why? Why? Why are you playing about this? Come on now!" But then I googled it, fact check. It's true, but no details, as you said. And I've, yes. I've been wondering ever since. So I don't think it was a, I don't know, a, a, a super negative. I don't know. No, because he he. I mean, it wasn't no ill words on the way out. Um, and what he tweeted was, it, it, you know, it was all positive. Yeah, it was more yeah, along the lines of, you know, yeah, That's right. My friend, he's a good guy. He'll, you know, I wish him the best, type of thing. So we'll have to see. I don't know. I think it may have been mutual, or maybe Eric may have initiated and say, hey, uh, you know, I got that's something at home I got to take care of, type of thing. I don't know. But either way, wish Eric Bischoff the best. I guess that means his podcast, 83 Weeks, will you know, start to ramp up again, and he'll dive back into that. And uh, we did see, as we when we come back from break and we talk about the front lines, how I'm assuming Bruce Pritchard had a little bit more of a, a liberty and stamp on the flow of SmackDown, because you could tell on this Friday, it was a different feel than what it was before. But then I also wonder, is that reactionary to AEW still grinding and SmackDown, even though it was a change of the guard, still losing a little bit of viewership? Fox is extra happy about it. Not happy about losing, but they're happy of where they are because they're still making bank on advertising and everything else so losing a little it's just really nothing because they're playing the long game they see they're vested in the situation so they're not in the remotely way worried about what aew is doing per se i think it's more so on the event side of things but we'll get into that when we come back from break because on the front lines we're gonna break it down into two battle royales AEW versus NXT and the other side of coin Raw versus SmackDown live for A versus B show supremacy. Stay tuned. And just like that, we are back. That's right. Back to talk about the front lines battle between NXT, the black and gold, and uh, ever-vibrant, colorful AEW Dynamite. So, in that same vein, you had, well, for me, watching the the Chronicle, I believe it was, of uh, Tommaso Ciampa's return to in-ring competition and return to NXT in general because he faced uh, Angel Garza in the first match of the show 
And, you know, going from that to watching him return, you just all stuck in, in the fields. It was like, oh, my gosh, this is just, you know, how do I deal with him being the heel when, darn it, he's always crying, gushing over his his baby daughter and the, the plight they went through. It was like, oh, it was a great watch. But at the same time, it was kind of hard to hate him when you had no choice but to feel the human aspect and love him. So it's like, all right, you got me, Tommaso. But he looked good, didn't miss a beat. <coughs> Excuse me. Uh, I mean, everything, even the bumps he took was spot on. I mean, I was watching everything just to, to make sure, like, how's he doing? Is he ready? Is this, you know, going to work? And, you know, best case scenario, knock on wood. So that way he'll be able to to partake in war games, which is coming up. And they are doing a little bit of, as I mentioned last week, a little bit of uh, seeding the, 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 the idea of one side of the coin being the undisputed era. And the other side of the coin, I'm kind of feeling like it's going to somehow, they didn't show him this week, but it's going to be Finn Balor. And then Tommaso Ciampa, Velveteen Dream, and we're still looking for a fourth. So that fourth somehow possibly could be Gargano. Um, it could be another superstar in NXT. Not really sure who that could be, but uh, I'm sensing that that is the men's war games match to come. We'll see. I mean, I can feel the the sprinkling and, and how they're curating it, but we'll see if that's what it is. The women's going to be pretty interesting, but you know, uh, Shayna Baszler has got to add one more person to join um, Jessamine and Marina to make it a fourth. And then on the other side, we know we've got uh, Io Shirai uh, and uh, Bianca Belair, Rhea Ripley, possibly. And we'll have to see who the next person could be added in. There's a couple other opportunities that way as well. So, I don't know. But that's that. Tommaso, great return. Setting up for, in my opinion, War Games is going to flow good. Now, coming out of the, the Dudley's training camp, uh, Hayden Carter versus Io Shirai. Hayden Carter, man, ha- had... Uh, a phenomenal performance to have. She's a second one with a lot of hair in NXT. Uh, she's got more of the dread style versus Bianca with the braid. And so we had, you know, I was like, how's that going to work? Those are loose dreads are not tied up in any way. She's just all over. But man, she put that work in almost, almost, maybe after a little bit more seasoning, she could almost be at where um, other past superstars have just come in from that avenue and, and done good um, and made it happen. EO was, was EO all day long, but um, she had a, a great, in my opinion, debut because that was the first time uh, I saw her. Now, the fight I was looking for was between, I get, I, I'm looking at him as the next rock, Keith Lee. Those are big shoes to fill, sir. I know, and I'm saying it. He's just got that that swagger about him and that, that persona, and he, he's a big dude, heavyweight, true super heavyweight. But uh, Keith Lee versus uh, Dominic Dijakovic. 
for uh, a number one contendership or to be in line for the North American Championship that's currently held in the camp of the Undisputed Era by Roderick Strong. Those boys beat the hell out of each other. And this was a rubber match. They had one win apiece and uh, a draw. So this was technically would have been the end of the feud until we had some undisputed interference. So that's unresolved until next week when we actually have the triple threat still unresolving Keith Lee and uh, Dominic Dijakovic's feud. But we'll see what happens if one of those two uh, young gentlemen are able to come up with the North American Championship. Spoiler alert, I don't believe so because we still got the creative going with Velveteen Dream uh, during the War Games takeover event. I'm assuming that's going to happen, so we will see what happens, because if the Dream doesn't win, maybe he could be a future call-up, but if the Dream does win, then I don't know. We'll have to see, because in my opinion, I still believe the Undisputed Era needs to make their way up. Mm-hmm. That's that. The Bro of All Bros, Matt Riddle, uh, had a match against Bronson Reed. And then the second match I was looking for was Damian Priest versus Pete Dunn. Great match. Nobody was at a loss in reference to the performance and the decision to have uh, Damian Priest win by a questionable act. So it didn't diminish Pete Dunne, but at the same time, both of those guys showed exactly what they were capable of doing. Pete Dunne put in work as only he could, being a bruiserweight, but then Damian Priest showed how limber he was and how he was able to make things happen in a ring and and complement Pete Dunne's strong style, for lack of a better term. So overall, if I had to grade NXT... I would give it a B because I didn't get the superness of a takeover feel like we had on their debut on USA, but I got a a solid show. It told some great stories, kept things going, but at the same time, it's like, ah, I just wanted something epic to happen, something to really drive it because on that other side of the street of this battle Royale, for Wednesday's supremacy. This is only week three. So, first of all, AEW's emanating from Philly. Um, straight out of Temple. They started with tag team uh, tournament, SCU versus the Best Friends. Match didn't start as normal because the Lucha Brothers did a run-in and took out Christopher Daniels. So, then we had Scorpio Sky jump in with Kazarian to face the Best Friends. So, we had that match happen with SCU advancing. So that was a, a, a hot and heavy advance. I know we had the fields with Tommaso Ciampa to start, but then you had the fast-paced craziness and, and, and excitement of the hustle and bustle from AEW combined with Tony Schiavone and Jim Ross calling the commentary. Funny thing in that, the first thing I saw in the match was somebody had a giant blown-up face of Ted Turner, and I was like, yes. Because they screwed Ted, and he is still on TNT at this very moment, at least his face is, with wrestling and smiling, saying, hell with you people. <laughs> you, by you people, I mean Time Warner and AOL. 
So that was just a, a side thing. Funny. Second side thing, not funny. Full gear, November 9th, what I will always call the Baltimore Arena or Royal Farms Arena, Jericho versus Cody for the AEW World Heavyweight Championship. Get your tickets because they are still continually putting over Baltimore as one of the best venues ever. The DMV has, has been treated to top billing. They could be anywhere for their first show. It was in a DMV. They could be anywhere for their next major pay-per-view to rival Survivor Series in the same month. But it's in the DMV. WWE doesn't have anything DMV heavy of major presence yet. So they are starting in the backyard. They're like, MSG and all that stuff is fine. But we know where some of the most epic matches have happened of all time. We know what areas have had some of the the most memorable pay-per-views of all time, the best championship opportunities, and and anything and everything that you can imagine, even two people fighting in the bathroom, which is arguably, in my opinion, the greatest match ever that I've witnessed in person, being Kevin Sullivan versus Chris Benoit, Falls Count Anywhere. Um, Yeah, you ended up in the nasty Baltimore Arena bathroom, don't know who made that call, but whew, I wouldn't have taken a match there. But kudos to those guys for doing it. <laughs> so full gear, November 9th, Jericho, Cody, putting it over. It, it's going to be incredible. I'm buying a pay-per-view just so I can see the Baltimore slash Royal Farms Arena. And then there you go. A match I'm still not 100% sold on Britt Baker. I don't know. I just don't have that, and I'm sorry, Adam Cole, but uh, I just I don't know. She hasn't won me over yet. Rio, uh, I don't know. Um, I mean, she's been wrestling since she was nine, so she has been pro quadruple times over um, longer than Britt Breaker has, but it was actually a really good match being the first ever women's championship match um, of the title being defended, so it was a really good match. Uh, Rio pulled it out, um, no interference or anything. She just outsmarted her from that experience. And Britt Baker took the L, and that it is what it is. She couldn't really complain about it. It was just she got caught. But then the match of the night, in my opinion, was the Lucha Bros versus Jungle Boy and Marco Stunt. And when you look at Marco Stunt, you just think of this little guy kind of skinnier than Rey Mysterio, probably about the same height. And he is putting on a clinic, taking every opportunity, every risk. I mean, he's just a firecracker. And then you combine that with uh, the craziness of Jungle Boy and then the, the zero fear of the Lucha Bros. And that match was their best tag team showcase. I'm not even calling it a match. Their best tag team showcase on Dynamite to date. And that's a big, big statement considering that we had um, the Young Bucks on the first episode putting on a clinic. But these guys, they they did something that that was just the setup. And they did it in a way that, in my opinion, ramped up for the main event. Well, the the, the co-main events, because you still had 
Pac and uh, Moxley uh, versus Hangman Page and Kenny Omega. So that, that's in my I just call them co-main events because there's no way you could take away from that match and be like, yeah, that's not a main event. That's main event quality all day long on a pay-per-view. And that was, yeah, that was a barn burner. That was a slobber knocker. Kenny Omega looked good. Hangman Page is winning me over more and more. Um, uh, Pac continues to amaze. And John Moxley is erasing slowly but surely Dean Ambrose from recent memory. So, good. That's kind of hard to do. I'm sorry. Nah, man. Uh, uh, Dean Ambrose, and he had that loose cannon gimmick. He he he, he puts you in the mind of uh, uh, uh Brian Pillman, and he was nailing it. Yeah, but but Mosley is reckless abandon. They're two totally different styles. True. And that's what, you know, it, it, it's, I, if I had to equate it to something, I would call it Christian Bale's Bruce Wayne versus Batman. <laughs> In my opinion, Uh-oh. second to Michael Keaton. He's the only person to make, of recent time, to make those two characters separate. Okay, because... <laughs> and when you because, say recent time, I was I was getting ready to go in. I'm gonna say, hold on, don't sleep on my man Adam West. No, oh, no, 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 no. That's OG right there. But um, I mean, no disrespect to uh oh, gee, I just had his name Ben Affleck. But they looked the same. They were the same. I didn't see the difference between Bruce when he was interacting with Wonder Woman and Batman when he was interacting with Wonder Woman. It was just a costume change. But Bale's Bruce Wayne was Bruce Wayne. Uh-huh. And then next thing you know, you went, where's the trigger? Where is it? Yeah, we had Batman. Two polar opposites. And that's what I see when I'm comparing Dean Ambrose, S.H.I.E.L.D. member, to John Moxley, loose cannon. I mean, you know, if he keeps going the way he's going, you're going to have to call him homicidal, genocidal, suicidal, Sabu. I'm sorry, not Sabu, but <laughs> <laughs> I mean, he's he's on that same that same wavelength right there. Next thing you know, Bill Alfonso is going to be uh, whistling for John Moxley. But that that'd be nice. I'm not going to lie. Then maybe we'll get RVD over there, too. That'd be nice. I'm not going to lie. But. That's a whole other story. Because after that, we had a main event that was, man, Chris Jericho is arguably still one of my favorite wrestlers of all time. My favorite sports entertainer of all time. Period. Period. His body of work is through the roof. His ability to reinvent himself is second to none. Still be relevant, still be able to go, and, and still be able to psychologically put out a match that's just top. Because he took a young kid, Darby Allen, who's got a great gimmick, got a great look, skateboarded down the ramp, all that stuff could go, got a lot of heart. But I think he showed him how to take 
the fans and and really take them through a journey in that match. Falls Count Anywhere, Philadelphia Street Fight. I mean, we had everything you could imagine all the way down to Chris Jericho taping his arms behind his back and Darby Allen just getting himself up on the top rope and just pulling off, uh, you know, suicidal maneuvers for anybody else. I mean, uh, at first I thought I was like, was this Orange Cassidy? Uh, he may have outdone Orange Cassidy. That, that's how awesome it was. And even down to the intelligent finish of Hager running in and tagging Darby Allen before he was able to hit one more splash on Chris Jericho from the top while his arms are taped behind him. He could have become champion. But again, we got creative going forward, as I've said before, with Cody and Chris Jericho. So we got to kind of pay the bills with that one. But there's some information left unresolved between Darby Allen and Chris Jericho. The respect is there. Another match will happen down the road. Jericho could lose the belt at that point if Cody doesn't win. And Allen also took Cody to the limit. Cody barely won that match. So this kid is a rocket star. And he's getting opportunities. He's getting rubs. So even taking a loss, but yet you lost to the first ever universal champion. The, you know, like I can't say, you know, just spell out Chris Jericho's accolades any more than Chris Jericho could. So we're just going to say he just had the opportunity to get close to a little bit of bubbly. But man, now I guess you're wondering, well, he said all that. What the hell was the grade for AEW? Had to give it an A because there was more high spots. There was more interaction. There was there was a bigger fight feel on AEW, even in a larger arena. It was just a big fight feel of everything that was happening from from beginning all the way down to the end. Then I had NXT, and that's where I think they need to balance it out because NXT, the big fight feel is all in the commentary at some points. And shout out to Mar Ronaldo for really, you know, giving us, you know, a soundtrack to, to NXT at a level to rival Jim Ross and his soundtrack on the other side of the coin. So that was a, a, a you know, great accolade on his part. But yet, AEW pulled it out, in my opinion, for the third week in a row. And maybe I could be jaded that it's new and it's, you know, just a commentary alone of hearing I'm still marking out for Jim Ross commentating again. I'm still marking out for Tony Schiavone. So maybe it's just that. I don't know. Maybe I'm just nostalgic. I'm trying to take it with a grain of salt. So like three months from now when it's just AEW's on the norm, then maybe it'll be a more balanced review and grade. Maybe. I'm just saying maybe. But then again, they could be just putting out a more interesting product. It's kind of hard to say. I think it would have been a big difference, and you could tell me what you think, if they would have made it uh, a, a Trinity draft. NXT should be draftable. 
if the foundation yeah. is going to happen, everybody should be shook by it. That would have made a statement to AEW to say, not just throwing Finn Balor down there, just to get a little bit of star power is really all that was, in my opinion. But to have Seth Rollins drafted the NXT. Like, what? I, I agree. Wholeheartedly. Because that way, you don't know who you're going to be going up against. Now, AEW, rightfully so, is dominating NXT in the ratings on Wednesday night. But now, if they would have shook it up like that, oh my goodness. Then it would be that would be an even playing field. That would be, I don't know. They would have to, I know they're not looking at themselves as competition in reference to a fight. But no, you will be fighting at that point. That would be a battle. Because there's no way, no way you could come up with creative and, and go to TV and think, yeah, you know Bray Wyatt's on NXT now, right? Like, oh, snap. Okay, we got to figure something else out, guys. <laughs> you know, that's when you, you, you really start to reevaluate what you're putting out week after week. I know you're still running your own race, but at the same time, I would be shook if, if that was to happen. So, But what if you took it old school? And I know everybody listening probably says, why does he always go back to the attitude there? Because it was old. such a great time. Oh, and yes, I'm old. Sorry. <laughs> but what if everything kind of sort of, well, ain't no kind of sort of, what if it went back to the way it used to be where every show was a continuation of the last show that aired? Raw would be a continuation of Sunday Night Heat and Friday Night Smackdown. And then it would continue then on to NXT. And the storylines just continued. And everybody just got in because, you know, it's enough time to get four or five storylines, especially this Rusev Bobby Lashley thing. It's enough time to really draw that out into some good stuff. Right. But what if, if it went back to that, it's nothing that AEW could be able to do because you couldn't miss NXT because if you miss NXT, you're going to be lost come Friday watching SmackDown. So you would have to watch NXT first run and you would actually watch AEW on replay. Mm -hmm. So those overnight numbers would be a lot higher for WWE than they would be for uh, AEW. Just a thought there. I know they're listening, so it's just a thought. Yeah, or something. Like I said, you know, Finn Balor can't carry it by himself. We need just a little bit more. Something special. So, we'll see. The so, that's the first. Oh, God. <laughs> That'd be extra special. That'd be uh, Crown Jewel-esque. But we'll get to that in a minute. So... Let's talk about the other battle, and it's internal, for brand supremacy. Raw versus SmackDown, or SmackDown versus Raw, depending on which way you want to look at it. It can go either way, ladies and gentlemen. Which show do I believe was better? Dun, dun, dun. That is the question of the hour, ladies and gentlemen, because... Raw was raw. I know that sounds crazy, but raw was raw. 
they started heavy with uh, Becky versus uh, Charlotte to start and wrap up the rest of the draft. And they had some, some moments, but really the, the biggest point of Raw was the draft versus Friday Night Smackdown, on the other hand, that did have a, a little bit more of a drive, um, especially with the, the huge pop of Roman Reigns versus Shinsuke for the IC Championship that turned into a couple run-ins, thanks to uh, Baron Corbin. And then we subsequently had Daniel Bryan come out, which led to a later main event of a tag team match. Uh, we also had uh, Bailey actually speaking on her changes. She was accompanied by Sasha Banks, which again, why they both on the same brand doesn't really make too much sense to me on why they would be on the same brand because they're going to have to feud. But whatever. Wait, 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 wait. Now, I'm, I'm, I'm big on, you know, reactions on, on, on social media to anything wrestling. Right after it happens, um, somebody said that thank you WWE makeup for making Bailey go from looking like a vibrant twenty-four year old to a forty-two year old woman with three uh, grown kids. What? Did you see how she looked terrible Monday night? I mean, a uh, Friday night. No. Oh, I'm gonna have. No. I, I'll, I'll send Bailey you the did pictures. Not. I just I watched it. I don't need. Any, she looked good. What I see, oh no, no, I don't know what they talking about, man. I, I, I don't know what you talking about. Hey. Bailey looked good, and she was killing them jeans. Bailey always kills a pair of jeans. Well, now how often do you see Bailey in some jeans? Most of the time, it's in them tights, and then she just murdered that. But um, <laughs> yeah, she, she looked good. She looked better, in my opinion, than Sasha. You are bold, there, brother. I'm not. I'm just speaking it like a Ti is sitting there in, in the uh, the casting chairs between uh, the two. I was looking at Bailey. Well, I'm always looking at Bailey. I don't know. I I, I I I love me some Bailey. No, obviously not. But you I mean, here, she. You over no, here but, saying she looked like she's 42. Uh, and what's wrong with 42? It's nothing wrong with 42, but Bailey. Bailey is just she. I, I, she's a beautiful woman, but that makeup that she had on made her look like a handsome woman. Oh my gosh! No, it didn't. I don't know where you're getting this from. <laughs> what, what are you saying? What, was it the 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 uh, eyeshadow? Well, it was wasn't it the a... smoky eye. What? The eyeshadow, possibly. That's that's possible. What did it? But uh. Uh, I'm gonna need whoever did her makeup. They got to do her wings a little bit better than that. You know, she's she's. They got to blend a little bit better. Why don't you do it? I'm not the makeup artist of the family. My daughter's the makeup artist. I just that's how I know these things. So I, I mean, if I did it, uh, I tell her straight up. You know what? We're gonna go natural tonight. Cause I, you can look at Bailey without any makeup. And Bailey is a absolute knockout with no makeup whatsoever. So, it you know the makeup wasn't needed. It's just Bailey's just gorgeous. Period. 
So, I mean, I, I guess maybe that just might be my whole thing. And that, and you know, I, I love Liv Morgan. I'm not talking to you. <laughs> about to draft you to Ring of Honor. Oh, so man. next week, when y'all were like, well, where's KG? I don't know. We're still trying to find out what channel he's on. Oh. <laughs> you know what? That's a good damn question. What channel does me? <laughs> oh, I don't know. It, it just pops up on the DVR, and I watch it, though. So, Well, you're going to be there. So once you figure out what 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 uh, network you're airing on, then you'll be good to go. <laughs> so just let me know once you figure that out, and then we can go from there. Okay, oh, talk bad, man. You about to about to get these hands. Oh, now I'm about to get beat up for just. I'm just <laughs> being honest. I'm just. Well, actually, I was giving my opinion on what someone else said. And I was just being honest. Mm-hmm. I didn't. I, I didn't like the makeup job. Mm-hmm. Well, despite that, I'm gonna give this battle to SmackDown for this week, mostly because they're actually giving some new superstars an opportunity. Actually, saw um, Nikki Cross won a six pack challenge, and she gets to face Bailey. Like, wow. Okay. That's pretty awesome. Who are you taking in that one? Oh, well, we know who's winning that. <laughs> Sorry, Nikki. Sorry. <laughs> yeah, yeah. We're not there yet on this, you know, you getting the, the, the championship. We're not there. It's the thought that counts. At least you're, you know, you're in the match. That's a lot better than what it used to be. Even though I, I liked Sanity version of Nikki Cross a lot better. When she didn't talk and she was just out there just being Nikki Cross. So this week, it's, you know, the underdogs won out to me. AEW beat NXT in week three. SmackDown Live beat Raw as that battle should go back and forth for supremacy. Now, next week, we are at the go home for Crown Jewel. So we already know they're ramping up and we should be seeing for uh, SmackDown Live Hogan, Flair, because this will be the last show before they get on the plane. And um, pretty much everybody that's going to be in Crown Jewel uh, competing will be on this show, I would imagine. And those that aren't will be on Raw. So it's going to be heavily stacked. We'll see if NXT can bridge the gap in between those two shows so that way keep the the momentum going because in combination they could eclipse aew we'll have to see exactly how that's going to play out but at this moment on paper for a go-home show of this magnitude they had the the ability to beat and ratings aew possibility of eric bischoff going to aew but who knows that'd be funny That'd be funny. I'm just calling the spade a spade. That'd be funny. You you, you know because you spoke it. You know that's going to happen, right? Just 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 saying it'd be funny. Um, but my question Ooh. to you is: Crown Jewel, the spot where the Fiend becomes champion over Seth, considering 
that this is a no DQ match that cannot be called for any reason. False count anywhere, the whole kit and caboodle, everything is legal. They cannot stop this match for any reason, short of death. I don't think they'll stop it for that, but um, is the Fiend going to win this? I think so. Because it has to make up for it. Because all of the momentum that was built up was lost at Hell in a Cell. And you got I don't know. Seth burnt down the house. Or the set. You you know what happened? (laughs) So many in the wrestling community were upset about that. Like, why are you burying the fiend like this? But and somebody say, why is it that Bray, every time Bray gets a house, somebody burns it down? <laughs> <laughs> but th- th- I think this is just my opinion, and I'm just a knucklehead. Um, that's going to turn the tide, and I think The Fiend will walk away with the W and the strap. So. That's going to be a big statement. So we'll see. Uh, we got a prediction on whose team, even though they're still being uh, ironed out. We'll find out the final team members on um, Monday and Friday. But who are you going for, team Woo or team Brother? Um, you can't go wrong with team Woo. I, 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 I've been yelling all day, so my voice is a little low and throat's a little parched there. I've been doing a lot of yelling. But uh I gotta go with Flair. I'm I'm put that's what I'm pulling for. Um nothing against Hogan, but you can't go wrong with Flair. You never can. You never I had. wouldn't mind pulling a coup and actually putting women in this match. Cause why would Charlotte not be on Team Woo? I'm just calling it Team Woo, but why would you not have a Flair on the Flair team? Would be awesome. And then on the flip side, why wouldn't Becky be on Hogan's team? Why not? Just saying. Could happen. This, they they haven't shown everybody. But just food for thought, hint, hint. Why Wait. not have the women in there? Because to have Charlotte facing off against Corbin, and we've known he's, you know, done a black mass or two on Becky Lynch and stuff like that. I'm uh, not Black Mass. Uh, yeah, it's Black Mass, isn't it? No, no, it's not Black Mass. What is it? Um, uh, what's his finisher? Well, Waste finisher around. Oh my God, I'm totally brain farting on it, and I, I just saw it. End of days. End of days. That's what it is. I could throw Alistair Black in there for Black Mass. <laughs> like that'd be interesting too. Charlotte coming in and you get that that kick. Pow! Have a great nap. But now, yeah, it would be interesting. This- I would like this to see is that. Saudi Arabia. So that I mean I'm just saying because they're about be somebody said it's gonna happen at some point. It's inevitable. So if you're gonna have inevitability, as long as they're fully covered up in a bodysuit, um why not? Because they need the positive press anyway. Why not? Why not make this the one? Well, I mean, I, I can't <laughs> I'm just I'm, like I said, it's just a just a thought, uh, you know. Since we're talking about it, why is there not a Flair wrestling on Team Flair? True. Let me ask you this: Speaking of 
of Flair wrestling on Team Flair. Now, Charlotte, Becky, Bailey, Sasha, the Iconics, all of the women. Are we going to get an Evolution pay per view again this year? <laughs> not looking, not looking good. October's almost over. And exactly. That not looking good. Freaking awesome. Not but, looking good at all. And all you can do is build on the success from last year. And the only thing. Having, I'm sorry. Go ahead. No, no. I was saying instead of having any men commentating or or doing anything, let it be all women. Because the ladies, I mean, like they did last year, they carried the whole entire pay per view, and then they carried a couple of pay per views after that. They headline WrestleMania. Come on, man. It seems like this women's evolution is losing steam, and I'm starting to get upset about it. Yeah. I'm right there with you. But I think, if anything, it's going to be either the Raw or the SmackDown side. 9 out of 10 SmackDown has, may have an evolution-esque special. And that's what will run in lieu of. That way you appease, and it could be like a crossover event. So you could have both sides of the street battling on that for one night only. They would tout it as one night only, Evolution Friday night something, or or SmackDown Evolution, one night only, all women show, something like that. Again, that's just me wishful thinking. Again, hint, hint. That'd be a great booking show. Hint, hint. A lot of people would tune in. Hint, hint. Your viewership would go up for that night. Spike heavy. Just saying. So, you know, we just like to speak things into existence and watch it happen. That's that's what we do here at the WrestleManiacs. And when the people's choice, Don Rodriguez, speaks it into existence... We don't get paid. Yeah, we don't get paid, but it happens. Give it about a week or so. But, you know, go ahead and tell them uh, what outlets they can hear us at so that way they know every possible avenue to take our ideas. (laughs) Of course. You know you can hear us right here on Anchor FM. Uh, Podcast. Podcast. <laughs> it's been a long yeah, day. You, could, you, you can hear us on some podcasts. <laughs> <laughs> you got uh, Breaker, Jeez, uh, Castbox, <laughs> Radio. You can do it, man. You can do it. I believe in you. Uh, I believe pod- I can fly. I'm trying here. Podbean. Uh, I said Radio Public. Ah, jeez. I'm just drawing a blank on everything. Look, go to the Instagram page and click the link in the bio. It'll let you know everything. iTunes. I'm sorry. Apple Podcasts. Google Podcasts. Uh, iHeartRadio. Um, Stitcher. Stitcher. Overcast. Pocketcast. Um, there you go. There they, now they starting to flow. Uh-huh. Uh, Podtail. Don't forget Podtail. No, we're going to forget them. Yeah, they, they never did. Yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. Now we're so going for pop boobs. <laughs> <laughs> and just like that, my night has been made. 
exactly what we do. Don't forget to check us out on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook. And of course, sidelinejunkies.com still up and running. Just got to be updated. Um got a lot of pictures and video to put up there. I'll tell you that. So I got to get with BJ and uh put these photos in the album that we have so you can view every photo uh that's not on Instagram or Facebook. You can view all the photos of the fellas, myself, right there on sidelinejunkies.com. There you go. And then uh, two days away from WWE 2K20 and the debut of Ray Wyatt in a uh, WWE game. And by Bray Wyatt, of course, I'm talking about The Fiend. Also, the first time ever in a 2K game, China is returning. So we have uh, China as a playable character in the game as well. So make sure you go check that out and enjoy all the wonderment that is 2K20. It's been a little bit revamped with a new control scheme. So it's going to be interesting. I can't wait to try that out and see if they nailed it or they just screwed themselves. And then AEW's Ukes base game will be out probably next year. So we'll see. We will see, sir. And then after that, the Almighty of Almighties comes out starting on Thursday, and that is Call of Duty Modern Warfare, and that is going to be the game. More of the game than Triple H. That's pretty heavy right there. That is. When you play this game, you'll know. Modern Warfare is, yeah, it's that. See, this is one of the reasons why the sideline junkies don't all live on the same street in the same neighborhood because we would never be in our own house. Like uh, a weekend like this and People's Choice Don Rodriguez having early access to games, we'd all wind up living with him. Well, as long as somebody brings cake, ice cream, and snacks, we can talk. Hey. You ain't said nothing but a word. Now you show up empty-handed, you're going to leave empty-handed. <laughs> <laughs> we, we, instead of having a sideline junkies uh, office, we'll have a sideline junkies compound. Yeah, if you mess around, have sideline junkies diabetes, too. So, <laughs> that'd be a whole other issue right there. Like, God dang, we all got the same thing. Like, what's your pressure? Same as yours. Like, well, that's not going to work. I get out my no. testing supplies. So, another good one, my friend. Yes, indeed. Uh, As I say, always, always, I really wish we had like three to four hours just to sit here and just kick it every show. Yeah, no, and was getting paid by them, too. Then we could really, really upset them. Yeah. But, you know, 
one day. We'll get there one day. But I don't think it will upset him too much because what did Eric Bischoff say? Controversy creates cash. Yep, until we say AEW did better than you, Vince. Then they're like, yeah, <laughs> oh, we're fired? Oh, okay, yeah, we figured that was happening. Guess we'll have to be on AEW's podcast. Hey, you know, that wouldn't be a bad idea. Maybe we need to reach out to Cody and say, hey, got this nice podcast. I mean, you know, we can slap a lot of AEW stuff on it. But, mm-hmm. you know, we'll talk WWE, but AEW is where it's at. Yep, and pa, you know, we divorced Pa Tail, and, you know, we moved uh, a little bit northern in the body region, so we're open everything now. Yeah. Pod boobs. <laughs> Can't wait. So, so, all right, man, well, we'll let these people go, and uh, next week we uh, do our crown jewel picks. Lord help us. Yeah, because we're going to need help with those. Mm-hmm. Because I'm so, still not sold on this Cain Velasquez match. I know he's in a performance center, but like, really? Is it, are we going to get what we want? Because if we do, then we're good. That means that'll make up for the Tyson Fury thing. So I, I haven't seen Kane wrestle, so I'm hoping that it's going to be as good uh, as, as people are saying he's been doing in AAA. We shall see. It is. Seven Until, days. Yeah, seven days, close to six and some change, but who's counting? Yep. But until then, WrestleManiacs on hiatus. Be back tomorrow morning, Sideline Junkies will, with yep. Sunday Rise. Like I said earlier, you want to know who to bet on, who to pick, how to pick these winners and win some money, listen to the Sideline Junkies Sunday Rise. They get you straight. So, hmm. That's all our time until about 10 hours from now. We'll see. Peace. This has been another Sideline Junkies production. Sponsored by Anchor FM. For any questions, comments, or even if you have a show idea, you can always email the fellas. Sideline Junkies 24-7 at gmail.com. Junkies out.